They're always like, you don't have to tell us twice. Boom. <laughs> we start today with simply this. He is risen. Indeed. Hallelujah. See, as Christians, as Christians, we believe that the resurrection of Jesus Christ changes everything for us. It gives us hope where there was once only despair. It gives us grace in place of our pain and of our sin. It gives us life and life eternal in the face of death. Because the resurrection is true, because Christ has defeated the enemy, we can live in the assurance that we are forgiven and redeemed and rescued. The victory belongs to Jesus, and he shares that victory with us. That's what we're talking about today. And to illustrate that point, I want to remind you of a scene from World War II's Battle of the Bulge. Some of you know this story. In the mid-December of 1944, the U.S. armed forces were holed up in the town of Baston, while a massive number of German soldiers surrounded the town. The Allies were outnumbered. They were outgunned. They were running out of food, out of ammunition, and out of medical supplies. And seeing the situation, the Germans sent a two-page letter, message, to their opponents. And they demanded that the Americans surrender. The message read, in part, the USA forces in and near Baston have been encircled by strong German armored units. There is only one possibility to be saved from total annihilation, and that is the honorable surrender of the encircled town. The Americans were given two hours from the time of receiving the letter to surrender. And when the acting division commander, General McAuliffe, saw the message, he laughed. He laughed and he famously said, us surrender? Nuts! Now, today, when we think of the word, you know, when you say, aw, nuts, it means really, oh, man, I guess that's it. You know, it's this admission of, of we failed or something like that. But in the 1940s, it was not that way. Instead, in the 1940s, nuts was a, uh, <clears throat> a colorful way of saying that surrender was not an option and that the German commander could shove it. The message that they typed, that's what they, exactly what they sent to the Germans. They typed a message, it was one word in all caps, NUTS. There would be no surrender. And that ended up that the, American, that the Germans didn't attack because the American forces in Baston received support and they received supplies and they ended up defeating the Germans. Instead of surrender, they experienced success. Though they had been surrounded, though they were overwhelmed, though the situation looked dire, the Americans held their ground and they were victorious. Now I tell you that story because in many ways it mirrors the reality of the Christian in this life. Scripture reminds us that we are in a spiritual war. It says that our struggle is not against flesh and blood, but against the spiritual forces of evil in the heavenly realms. Our enemy is evil. Evil manifested in so many different forms. And this evil has surrounded us, this evil has outnumbered us, and it's overwhelmed us, and it calls out for our surrender. Today, before we get to the Easter message, we also need to look at the need for it. Today we're going to look at three forms of evil that wage war against us and how Jesus stands in victory 
over all of them. And so the first form of evil is the corruption of the world around us. And Satan has been hard at work. Satan has attacked the institution of marriage, the importance of the family unit, the definition of gender, the innocence of childhood, the sanctity of life. That list goes on. Evil has brought corruption and confusion to the minds of so many people. That's what we witnessed just a few weeks ago in Nashville. Evil had so clouded that young woman's mind that she sought to hurt and to harm teachers and students alike. We see evil in our world. And that evil takes this command of God, the command that God gives to us to love your neighbor, and it twists that command into a mandate that we must accept people's beliefs and mentalities. That if a Christian points out the truth of God's word, or the wickedness of sin, or the exclusive hope of salvation that we have in Jesus, then they get accused of being closed-minded or unloving. And this form of evil, this corrupted and immoral world, calls for the church to surrender. The enemy sends out the letter saying, you're on the wrong side of history. You'll lose friends. You'll lose business opportunities. You're surrounded. And the only way to stay relevant, the only way to be safe from persecution, is to surrender. The second form of evil doesn't come from the outside. It comes from within. We're all born with that innate desire for selfishness. What scripture calls our sinful nature. It's an evil that tempts us to choose our desires over God's commands. And it promotes this ideology that we define what is good and what is bad for ourselves, regardless of what the Lord says in his word. And we all experience this temptation daily. Scripture tells us to turn the other cheek, but man, getting even sure feels better. Scripture warns us against loving money, but it makes us feel secure. The Lord condemns dishonesty, but maybe if we can just spin the story in our favor. The evil within us rejects God's word of truth and opts for our own version of truth instead. And we live with this internal evil constantly attacking us, constantly tempting us, and it calls for us to succumb. It calls for us to surrender, saying, you know you want to. I'm just looking out for your best interests. The only way you'll feel happy and fulfilled is if you surrender. And the third form of evil doesn't promise happiness, and it doesn't promise freedom from persecution like the other two. The third form of evil only threatens destruction and loss. It's death. And death is a vicious enemy. It shows no respect for age, claiming the child in the womb and the gray-haired elder in the nursing home. It shows no mercy, attacking the body with cancer and the mind with dementia or depression. Death wreaks havoc on our hearts and on our families and on our world. It leaves its mark, and we've all felt that. Death is terrifying because it's an enemy that we cannot appease And we can't bargain with it, and we can't control it, and on our own, we can't defeat it. Sure, we can try to find ways to prolong our lives, but in the end, death comes. And death calls for our surrender. 
saying, I am final and I am irreversible and you cannot escape me and you cannot win against me. The only thing you can do is surrender. And so here we are, surrounded by the spiritual enemies of death, of our own sinful nature and of a corrupted world. And it looks like a dire and unwinnable situation. And yet, that's where God does his best work. Think back to the scriptures. In Exodus, when the Israelites were running from Egypt, they found themselves trapped between the waters of the Red Sea and the multitude of Pharaoh's army. They could have surrendered. But God spoke to them through Moses saying, Do not be afraid. Stand firm. And you will see the deliverance the Lord brings to you today. The Lord will fight for you. You need only to be still. And God delivered them through the sea and into a new life of freedom. Or when God's people cowered in fear of the massive opposing force of the Philistines led by Goliath, they were about to surrender. But God spoke against that giant through David saying, the battle is the Lord's and this day he will deliver you into our hands. Stand firm. And God rescued his people through a single and simple sling and stone. Or the disciples, on that first Easter morning, they were overwhelmed by sorrow because of the events of Good Friday. Because Jesus had died. Evil, in all of its forms, had viciously attacked the Son of God. It surrounded him all, on all sides. The religious leaders pummeled him with their fists. King Herod and the soldiers mocked him as a king. Pilate had allowed injustice to prevail as he condemned Christ to death. The Roman soldiers scourged him and cut him and nailed him to the cross. And after six agonizing hours, death came to Jesus. And he breathed his last and he bowed his head and he gave up his spirit. It appeared in that moment as if death, as if enemy had won. Because it had claimed the Son of God. It had captured the Lord of life in its tomb. It appeared as if Jesus had waved the white flag and surrendered. But what we celebrate today, the story of Easter, declares the very opposite. Jesus had not surrendered. He had won. The women came looking for a dead man, but they found an empty tomb and a, go and a, and a gospel good news. He's not here. He's risen. And in our text for today, we hear the angels remind them, remember, remember the Son of Man must be delivered into, over to, into the hands of men, must be crucified, must be raised on the third day. It would look as if the enemy had won. But Jesus would be victorious. And he is. He is victorious. He's victorious over every form of evil. He's faced off with the corruption of the world. He endured the very worst that it could throw at him, but yet he remains having the victory. And he declares then, and he declares today, that he builds his church, and the gates of hell could not and cannot and shall not prevail against it. Instead, he promises that the day is coming when the world's brokenness will be fully undone. And Jesus battles the evil of the human heart. 
He warred against the sin that holds us captive. And he's rescued us from its curse by taking on its punishment. See, Jesus was tempted in every way just as we are. But he did not sin. He did not surrender. He did not succumb. He stood firm in faithful obedience. And it's because of Christ's perfection that his death served as the payment for our imperfection. In love, God took our sin and our corruption and the, the eternal consequences that we deserve, and instead he paid for it all through the blood of his Son. In the cross, we are forgiven and we're set free. And even on the cross, Jesus wins. And we are his prize. And on that first Easter, Jesus fought against death and won. Though he experienced the full brunt of death's power on the cross, three days later he rose. That once inescapable foe has been put down. As our reading in 1 Corinthians assures us, death has been swallowed up in victory. So where, O oh, death, is your victory? And where, O oh, death, is your sting? The sting of death is sin, and the power of death is the law. But thanks be to God, because he gives us the victory through our Lord Jesus Christ. See, death has been stripped of its power and of its sting. And while we may still experience death in our bodies, it's no longer final. It's not the end. Because death no longer has the last word. God does. And he proclaims that all those who are in Christ will rise in perfection, free from sin's corruption, free from pain, and free to live in his presence forever. So what we know is this, is that evil, in all of its forms, may bark and it may growl, but its teeth are gone. Its forces are decimated. Its power is defeated. Jesus is victorious. And by his grace, he shares that victory with us. Because he has overcome the corruption of the world, we will too. Because he was perfectly righteous, he's made us to be perfectly righteous in his sight. Because he's risen from the dead. He promises that we too shall rise. So the truth of Easter is that God's grace is given to us through the death of Jesus and the victory is given to us through his resurrection. And as a result, when we feel surrounded by evil, when the letters of the enemy come to us demanding our surrender, we do not fear. Because of what Jesus accomplished on Easter, we can be like General McAuliffe, we can laugh in our enemy's face. We can say with confidence and with laughter, nuts. The corruption of this world will snuff out the church that Christ has built. The corruption of the world is going to silence the gospel he proclaims. Nuts to that. We may experience trouble in this world, but we take heart because Jesus has overcome it. The guilt of your sin is too great. and There's no way that God could ever love you or forgive you. Nuts to that. God demonstrates his love for us in that while we were sinners, Christ died for us. Death wins in the end. Nuts to that. Jesus has defeated that enemy through his empty grave, and so we do not grieve like the rest of mankind who have no hope. Dear Christian, do not be dismayed. Do not lose hope. Stand firm. And let nothing move you, because the resurrection of Jesus changes everything for us. It gives us hope where there was once only despair. 
It gives us grace in place of our sin. It gives us life and life eternal in the face of death. Because the resurrection is true. Because Christ has defeated the enemy, we can live. And we live in the assurance that we are forgiven and redeemed and rescued. The victory belongs to Jesus. And he shares that victory with us. He is risen. Hallelujah and amen. Let's pray. Heavenly Father, you are the Lord who is mighty to save us, and you have. You have defeated the spiritual enemy through Christ's cross and empty grave. And so, Lord, remind us. Remind us that your love and your grace is by that love and grace that we're forgiven. It's by that love and grace that you've promised us eternity. And Lord, as we continue to live in the battle of this life, strengthen us to stand firm in faith. That we would trust in the victory that Jesus gives. We pray it in his name. Amen. We continue our worship at the gathering.